Welcome to Thinking Outside the Box Office, the only show where you get historical renditions of the 1960s Chicagoland police brutality. We are the experts of that shit. Apparently, apparently. in the last couple of in the last couple months, for sure, we've uh, we what we saw Trial of Chicago Seven. Couple. And now, with, I think that was in like what Novemberish, maybe I don't know. October, November, October, late 2020. November. Yeah. And Perfect, then, you and know, now, Judas and the Black movie. Messiah. Yeah, a great holiday movie. Yeah, and, and our movie tonight is Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, a Sundance film that, um, that got a, a lot more. Yeah. yeah, it got like a mainstream, got like the biggest mainstream hitch. It's now going into Oscar season. And my God, it's a good movie. I can't wait for you guys to listen to our uh, episode of it. Uh, Thinking Outside the Box Office is back. If you haven't realized that you clicked on this show, um, I'm Ian. Austin, I'm Austin. Yeah, um, it's just going to be the two of us tonight. Uh, it's it's going to be a short one, really uh, heated stuff. We uh, actually just uh, got done recording. I'm excited. Doing the intro. I think, yeah, I think we to... had some. I think we had some really good discussion on it. I really, do. we definitely had some magic there. Um, obviously, spoilers and uh, your discretion advised. There is some language, yada yada yada, both from us and just the language used in the actual movie. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, thinking outside the box office is back. Look out for us every uh, week now, going forward in 2021. So then what did you think about this movie? Definitely a good start to 2021. Like, I wish that I saw this movie in, like, the festival or the theater. Like, this is definitely, like, a really nice theatrical movie. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I felt like, it, like, during the time period it came out, I feel like I would be a little uncomfortable. Like, I can tell that, like, the demographic of the movie theater that I would go to. Oh, yeah, <laughs> this is this movie is like it's like Get Out. It's like us where, you know, it's definitely I don't want to say targeted towards a specific demographic, but it's it's definitely well, it, it's more just showing the struggle of, you know, African-Americans in this damn country of all these movies that have illustrated it oh, time and time again. And they're all just sickening to see what these people have had to go through. Mm-hmm. And it's it's. I mean, this is this movie is a, very similar to like Trial of Chicago Seven. And yeah, it it, it, it does. It helps that this is like, you, it's like it's kind of weird. Like, I don't want to make fun of like cinematic universes, but like when they're at their way, their little high, their little like headquarters in Chicago Seven, and they get the call that Fred yeah. Hampton is murdered. It's like, what I happened during that, that? Was in that movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I which is why I was that. like, why does this sound so familiar when I saw the trailer? I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because this was that that this was that night. Yeah, no, I remember that scene in yeah. that movie. I, I knew that they were very similar time frames, but it totally it totally just glossed over me that those movies take took place in literally the same time in and America. The same city. Yeah. In the same city. Fucked up Chicago, dude. Fucked the up fuck? Chicago. I felt like. It sometimes struggled a little bit with the pacing. A little. At times, yes. Yeah. I, I will say yeah. if I had to complain about something, that is huge. It was, yeah, it was sometimes like, this movie's only about two hours long, right? Yeah. Two I think it's like almost exactly, like yeah, two hours, 10 minutes. And then, you know, that's two hours after you cut out the credits and crap like that. Yeah. So, like, this is almost exactly two hours long. And I, I, I struggled with where it started to kind of lull. I think it was when Fred was locked up for the first time. I think that's where it started to kind of lull because 
Fred, who's played by Daniel Kaluuya, he yes. was such a leading sort of force in real life and also in the movie that the rest of it kind of seemed a little lost without him at times. Which is interesting because he is not the true main character that we kind of follow through most no, of the No, he's film. really not. We, we, it's really more about like, or no, it was his name was Bill O'Neill. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And William they got, O'Neill. and uh, Keith Steinfurter, uh, what was, how do you Lakeith, pronounce Keith, I think it's Stanfield, I think. Yeah, Stanfield. Yeah. They got a guy, like they, those guys look similar, like very much alike. So whenever I was like, they showed like the actual interview mm-hmm. of like the quote unquote real interview with O'Neill. At first, I thought it was just the actor playing. No, I think that's what they did. I I think in the first, because they open up the movie where it's the interview with with um, the real William O'Neill. But I think if you go back, I think that was Lakeith Stanfield. And they just sort of aged him a little bit. And then at the end, it was the actual interviews. But I'm like, if I can't tell. They, if they, like, they look they aren't, yeah, yeah. Like, I I thought it was the same person. Or not the same person, but I thought it was Lakeith at the beginning and then the the actual person in the end. But if it wasn't, like, hats off to them because very similar. They they could be related, honestly. Yeah, they, like, with they, how had, they, similar they have, like, a really they good look. casting, which, yeah. oh, not to say that Fred Hampton and Daniel Kaluuya don't look anything alike, but, like, this, this casting... Like even I have like the picture of O'Neill on my phone from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. He looks very similar to the actor. Yeah. Like they really did their homework on that. Even though like the pacing felt rough at times. I thought as soon as as soon as I was feeling like I'm kind of falling out of it because it felt a little disjointed, as soon yeah. as it ended and they hit you with the ending, I felt like that completely made up for it for me. Because the yeah. ending is such a slap in the face. And Definitely the worst, if you and, and, don't know the story. Oh, absolutely. Or if you're just, if, you know, you didn't have firsthand experience with it. You just, mm-hmm. you just know, you know, you know your basic history, but you haven't heard firsthand accounts and stuff like that. It hits you like, it hits you like a dead fish. It really does. And um, I think they did a really good job with it because, honestly, the assassination feels like a middle part of the movie as opposed to, like, in ending mm-hmm. it just kind of has like that second act kind of feel to the assassination yeah. but then it's like then it's over yeah oh He's yeah oh, yeah and it's yeah. over yeah and it's like because holy shit it's tough because like we're so used to with normal movies where like there's gonna be an arc there's gonna be like a turning point like mm-hmm. at some point lakeith is or not lakeith but uh william o'neill is going to go no i'm not going to sell this guy down the river and you know he's gonna you know have a turning point but that doesn't happen because that's not how real life works a lot of the times and it was stark it was stark seeing that in theaters Something that I kind of wish more movies would do because, like, I understand the idea of an arc and stuff like that, but this movie, if anything, just kind of showed me that, like, wow, movies kind of lie to you. Like, this, <laughs> this, yeah. this is like, like you can theory. see the whole thing coming a mile away. Because at first, I was like, is this based off? Because I didn't really like look at the trailer that much when I first saw it, and I heard about Judas and the Black Messiah. And it has something to do with the Black Panther movement. And I'm like, is this a real movie or is it like based in fiction? Yeah. 
Or was it going to be like an actual like retelling of the events? Because you know how sometimes, based on a true story, and they take some real liberties with him, I was wondering if they were going to have O'Neill like just you know try to have a turning point yeah but like i actually like as like you know shitty as it was that he was an fbi informant it's like i'm kind of happy that they did they first of all a they kept it very grounded in reality and he was like like he did betray really honest portrayal of the times and and both sides this seemed really honest to me they weren't afraid to show you that like Hoover's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. The FBI agent that was specifically working with O'Neill, he was very like neutral, but like you knew that he was more so yeah. caring about his job than he like. Because like at times it looked like he was having a turning point. He you know? did. Like, I actually wrote that down. Where what the actor is Jesse Plemons, which I've seen him in like a million things. Yeah, and this is probably the best thing he's been in because yeah. he's usually like a background character. Yeah, and he's playing Roy Mitchell, the FBI agent, and in you know about I don't know maybe an hour into the movie, they start to plant seeds that you know he might be have he might have a come to Jesus moment and be like, hey, we shouldn't be setting up these people. And and all of that, they they plant the seeds of that, and then it just sort of obviously it doesn't materialize in any. Oh way. yeah, and I wonder if that is one of those liberties that sometimes these based in in uh, real life fiction movies sometimes take. I wonder if actual Roy Mitchell had any sort of if he was like everyone else in this movie where there was just no thought about it, or if this was a liberty they took to make him a little bit more likable and to, to leave some suspense for the viewer. Um, I, I feel like it could go either way. And like, I don't know if Roy Mitchell is even still alive to even talk about it. Like we all knew Hoover was a piece of shit. Like we didn't have to really go too far to find that motherfucker. Like, and like I, I was like I, I, I'm really happy that Martin Sheen is just in these movies for like 20 seconds, and he has like a really shitty role. He plays it amazingly. Mm-hmm. He's like a complete shitbag, and he exits. But he's like, wow, I can't believe Martin Sheen's in here for like two seconds. Like I think he's in like a couple other things. And he's just there for a couple seconds, and he walks away. And it's like that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Of course, his best role will forever be when he was in uh, Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't bring up that movie. Don't do that. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't help myself. One thing that was a sticking point when I was watching this and kind of writing some notes down and thinking about it afterwards, who's got the better performance here between Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield? Because both of them, I could talk myself into saying either one of them was better. But I feel like the Academy Awards and all of them are going to lean more towards Lakeith, I feel like. His character was so conflicted, and he had to show wanting to sell out for the FBI purely for financial gain, and then also getting really into the Black Panther movement and having to, having to go both sides and have to be so hot and cold in different ways, but still being believable. I could see, I could definitely see the, you know, Oscars and all of them definitely putting him as the as the more standout role. But I think Danny Kaluuya was fantastic just in how powerful he played the character. 
I, I think that I think I'm the opposite. I think Kaluuya would probably be the one they would probably see for the mm-hmm. nomination, while uh, Sandfield is probably the more main character. And yeah, I mean, like let's just I mean, just go by character names. It's easy to remember. Like O'Neill yeah, was definitely the better. main that's character easy. you were following through the whole film, and Fred Hampton was kind of like the spirit of the film. But when Fred Hampton spoke people shut the fuck up and listened. Like when O'Neill yeah. tried to speak, it was people talked over him. He was, he was kind of like, like if you had the roles reverse or if you put the point of view solely on Fred Hampton and it was following him for most of the movie, like, and he was the main character. We saw most of his uh, ideas and like O'Neill showed up every once in a while. And then like when the last thing happened, you, then it's like, oh, that would have been like shocking. But I think that the with, from, even with the point of view they went by making O'Neill the main character, I still think like Fred Hampton's presence is more important. Yeah, and like when you see the poster, you don't see O'Neill played by look. Uh, I think it's got. I think it's, uh, it's Kaluuya. Yeah, it's got it's got Kaluuya in front, and then. Le, or Lakeith Stanfield in back, but I feel like that's more symbolism in that Lakeith is, uh, or not Lakeith, but um, um, O'Neill is ultimately going to stab him in the back and sell him down the river. Oh yeah, I mean, like for symbolism, it's perfect. But I think, like for the marketing, I think they're trying to push that Hampton's going to be the, or uh, Kaluuya is going to be the one who's like, this is who mm-hmm. we kind of want you to be. Because he's got like he's got the speech, he's got the I am a revolutionary kind of speech. He's got yeah. like every time he walks in a room, I feel like he steals that scene. That well, that that speech where he goes, I am a revolutionary, and it just gets more and more, um, more and more intense. That was the scene in the trailer that yeah. like piqued my interest. I'm like, oh crap, because mm-hmm. it's just how he played that scene and any scene where. He was talking in front of either just, you know, four or five Black Panthers or in front of a hundred people. He did it with such power. He felt yeah. like, yes, this could be absolutely a man that could mobilize a a a, uh, a revolution. Um, I I feel like he had the best performance, without a doubt, I feel. Yeah, like I think and I think like the marketing is going to probably have him be the one who gets the... Uh, awards i i feel like stanfield is going to get supporting actor nominations absolutely mm-hmm. but i feel like if they're going to say who's going to get for the lead actor versus the supporting actor i feel like that even though watching the film it's clear that o'neill is the character that is supposed to be the main character that we follow throughout the film and it's supposed to be him and his experiences through fred, fred hampton and to eventually lead up to the assassination but Kaluuya's performance of Fred Hampton was just too powerful to like just be like, who cares yeah. that you know Steinfeld's doing a great job? This guy steals every scene he's absolutely. in, and it's like no, there's absolutely. just no contest, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It will be interesting to see how this movie fares up with because you know we're going in Oscar season. It'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how this fares up. I mean, I, I hope it wins. I hope it. I don't. I mean, I'm not looking for a sweep. But I'm not looking for this thing to be shoved either, because like in terms of like Oscar Beatty like movies, yeah, it's not like this one feels more Oscar Beatty than a good story. I feel like they prioritized, hey, let's tell this important story that no one talks about. Yeah, because 
I was talking to Chris about it, and I think one of the reasons he wasn't necessarily comfortable with it was that he thinks the the Black Panther is like how they kind of were treated. Like they are like, well, I don't really want to watch any about the Black Panthers. I hear they weren't really that great. And stuff like that. And it's like, well, that's the mentality that we all kind of were taught in yeah. school that like, yeah, they were the black Ku Klux Klan. That's like, no, that's absolutely. And I was it was one of the things that I wrestled with very early in the movie. You can't help but go back to what how what you learned in school. Yeah. And I wouldn't go as far as to say they're the black KKK. But no. I felt like they were glossed over a lot. And all we really learned about them is they scared a lot of white people. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the only thing that I honestly remember learning about the Black Panthers in school. There was all... No, really, the takeaway is MLK is good, and the Black Panthers did it the wrong way. That's what I remember. From yeah, it was kind of like... It was like good, bad, worst. It was like MLK, good, Malcolm X, bad, Black Panthers, worst. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of how it was done. Like, and that was we covered them. And like, looking at it now from like a perspective of MLK is still good, but he he could have been better. Malcolm X was extreme, but he had more like brutal, stark points. Mm-hmm. And like the Black Panthers are, you know, not nearly as bad as what you can even say about them. Like at the, at worst, it was like. Anything they they did was mainly more retaliation more than huh yeah that's the entire instigation time frame, man it's always it, it it's all it always seems to be in retaliation one thing about the Black Panthers and but I did a little bit of research and I do think they're accurate in their portrayal because while I really liked what the Black Panthers stand for they kind of had a rhetoric problem. And they th- that comes through in this movie. Like, yeah. the rhetoric is really intense. Like, mm-hmm. really intense. And I, I, I could see why they kind of get the label that they do throughout history. Even though, you know, they're talking about a revolution, but they're talking about, like, an actual revolution. Yeah. So, you know, what you want and what happens is usually somewhere in the middle. So maybe the compromise, you know, they, we progressed a little bit, but it definitely wasn't to the point that they were, they were, you know, angling for. But it was, and, I enjoyed learning more about them. Yeah, and I think, like, obviously it comes down to your personal opinion. And I think, like, at the end of the day, what, what he said, I think, like, the first uh, time that uh, um, Fred Hampton appears in the film is, like, the whole, like, whatever they changed the school name to. It was, like, a black yeah, yeah. Um, person instead. And he was, like, really you call this a victory kind of stuff like that? Like, yeah, I, and I can see to an extent, like the problem between like actual progression versus tokenism. And I watched a video about this actually coincidentally before like this and stuff like with Ray Fisher and the justice league movie. Cause I don't know if you've done any of the research. The guy who played cyborg Mm -hmm. is doing some allegations that, uh, Josh Whedon's a piece of shit, which, no new news for me, but like him specifically having like stuff going on during the Justice League set coincidentally during the release of the Snyder Cut in a couple weeks from now. But like they were to use, he made up some good points still, regardless of his arguments being wrong or right, because there's still investigations, I think, going on. One of the things he was saying was accountability should be more than entertainment. And he's talking about like how people were interfering with the investigation yeah. or try to interfere with the investigation. Mm-hmm. 
But hey, they announced that they're still doing the Black Superman movie, so I guess everything's okay. So like, the, it, it basically just showcases that like, progression is we have more police accountability, we stop the police brutality, not we should get a Black Superman, yeah, or we should have like more black cops or something. Like we shouldn't be just putting more or trying to like put a bandaid on the problem, which is to get diversity but not fix any of the actual issues because as all it is like, oh look at us. We we care. We have black cops yeah. now. But it's like that doesn't that's, change the fact that your huge, police methods are wrong. It's a huge problem throughout all of American history. Like if it yeah. one thing that we have a we've done a great thing uh in our history is having underlying problems. And then mm-hmm. whether it's a token progression or it's actual steps of fixing these problems it still isn't perfect and then it sort of gets pushed back and then out of you know out of everyone's attentions and then those problems they just come back stronger and stronger until you know we have the movement that we had you know this year where mm-hmm. or not this year but last year with yeah, the black lives summer. matter movement i mean when you think about it, like Black Lives Matter and Black Panthers, were they really saying anything that that was that was that different? Black Lives not Matter really. obviously isn't saying revolution. They're not mm-hmm. to that point. But the core of the philosophy, the core of just don't kill us, don't you know, treat us like actual equals. Like the, it's not that much of a different message, and it's just it's something that. Sometimes movies do an amazing job of displaying these inaccuracies and, and these, these blind spots sometimes. It, it's kind of fucked up that we need movies to do it, but at the yeah. same time, they do a really good job sometimes. But they do, and this is, this is basically like the trial of Chicago 7 all over again in terms of like to get you fired up because like, nothing has changed. Yeah, yeah. Because, because what Judas and the Black Messiah did is basically the killing of an unarmed black man because he said something that the cops didn't like. And the trial of Chicago 7 is essentially the Black Lives Matter movement last summer in 2020, yeah. and the cops are attacking them again, and now they're yeah. people who have been arrested yeah. and stuff like that. It's like literally cause and effect 50-plus years later, and nothing literally has changed. And it's like, that's why these are really harsh topics. That like that like, And I think it's really crazy that not only are these movies about coming out almost months apart, because I think Trial of Chicago 7 was in October 2020, released on Netflix. This just came out in February 2021, so like that's not even six months apart. Mm-hmm. But this entire movie we just watched took place during the trial of Chicago 7 because he was killed in 1968 in December when the trial started in like... I think it was in like the summer of that year because yeah. during a Democratic National Convention. Yeah. So having all that stuff happen, like at the same time frame, in the same city, by the same problem, and like having almost fifty years or so later to reflect on that, it's insane that yeah. like over five decades later. We are having almost the exact same. The parallels issues. are so eerie. They're so eerie and they're so sickening. And then you know, just to just to you know, rub my magic ball. 
Mm-hmm. We were talking about you're you just said the trial of Chicago seven. It's it's how it equates to present time. It's just the Black Lives Matter movement and you know, these two different protests and how they were how they were treated. So what is going to be our Fred Hampton assassination in twenty twenty one? You know? Because it's like it's very obviously these things are repeating because we haven't fixed them. We've just sort of progressed a little bit and then pushed it aside. It's eerie. It's, it's horribly eerie. Yeah. And I think, and I think like when you watch this movie, first of all, I think we might, I should have said this at the beginning, but viewer discretion is definitely advised. This is not like a super yeah. gory movie, but it is, it is rough. Yeah. You don't, you don't jump. I, I know. Like, obviously <laughs> I, was about the demog- I was talking about the demographic problem already, but like, White guilt is never going to go away until we actually do something about like a systematic racism in our country. So if you're quote unquote tired of feeling guilty for stuff that other people of the same color your skin done, how about you help change the status quo instead of just being like, oh, God, I'm tired because I'm tired of it. Yeah, it's tough not to be. But the the, the privilege when you really think about it and really dissect it is just insane like coming from it from an outsider looking in i'm irish my people were kind of on the same fence of other like people of color minorities obviously we kind of just were forgotten about which i think is a godsend in comparison to present day nothing has changed for most of you guys but like i take it upon myself to remember that but then I also want to actively change now because yeah. I want to be, oh, I'm, I miss the days where I was objectified. So I don't have to feel guilty. No, I remember it. So I can tell you, Hey, I don't, I haven't gone through it myself, but my family has in one way or another, but that means I want to help because mm-hmm. it, in a sense it might help. It just it basically is justice is justice. Try not to get too heated, but, and not too rambly, but, uh, to get a to get a closing, I guess on this overall film, watch it, but don't think this is a family flick. If you are in a more historical mood, and you just really kind of like, if you are in an angry mood, maybe don't watch this angry. <laughs> maybe it'll help you blow off steam. I don't know, but it's a movie that like you should probably be like you should be warned that it is pretty rough, but it is phenomenal. I'm happy that. It's out there. I'm happy that the story is finally being told through a more mainstream lens. Definitely. And I hope, if anything, this gives a green light to more movies like this. I think that... Uh, I think we're going to see more because, I mean, yeah. you had Trial of Chicago 7, which, you know, we referenced multiple times. That was a, a Netflix movie, but that still got a lot of attention because mm-hmm. it had a great cast. Amazing um, cast. And also, you can release amazing movies on Netflix now. The whole The whole just industry has completely changed um but then now we have a theatrical release in this and it's done very well too so yeah i would love to see more of these kinds of movies you know it, if anything judas and the black messiah has now set a bar for and this will be my closing sentence it has set the bar on based on a true story movie because this movie didn't really glorify everything not really if wasn't necessarily a downer movie, it was, this is reality. Reality sucks. Sometimes your FBI informants actually turn in their work and they don't have a change of heart. Sometimes your FBI agents 
don't feel bad that they're doing they're just doing their job and sometimes the good guys don't win but they now have set a bar that i don't think can be matched from uh, going forward so anyone out there who wants to do a historical movie this should you should take notes from this one and just be real like this movie was my closing thoughts on this movie is very similar to what to, to yours, Ian. It's one of those where don't expect it to make you feel warm and fuzzy. Don't um, be be prepared for a heavy hitter. You're gonna get mm-hmm. some amazing performances, and the subject matter is going. If if you're a right-minded person, the subject matter and the, some of the stuff that goes on is gonna make your skin crawl because it's just disgusting. Um, yeah. And then think about the parallels think about how what they're saying isn't a whole lot different from what we deal with and how we're not as far away from the black panthers as you know we a lot of people like to think we are so think about it and you know what can you do to to push us forward but other than that it's a fantastic movie highly enjoy it highly recommend it um, Absolutely. This is this is definitely like probably a, a nice hitting, uh, definitely nice home run out of twenty twenty one already. That was Judas and the Black Messiah here on Thinking Outside the Box Office. Next week we are doing the full first season, all nine episodes of the Disney Plus original Wanda Vision. You know, I am thinking about, like, actually, I didn't mean to cut you off there. So oh, no, 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 keep going. going. Go ahead. This is still the outro. I, I, was, for it. I was thinking about, like, binging that this week because the first episode did nothing for me. But I have yeah. heard so much about it, and apparently now it's getting really fucking weird and yeah. to where it's not a sitcom, and it's now, like, the MCU being all MCU-y, and... I'm I, I'm considering binging it. I'm considering binging it because would that mean you want to join in discussion? Or? You know, if I do, then sure. But I don't know. I'll let you guys know later in the week. Okay. Well, the new episode comes out this sometime Friday next week. Term, this Friday of, of yeah. our recording of it. Um, but you can join me as I discuss it with our two drum roll, please. Uh, just pretend there's a drum roll. Wow, you can roll your R free fucking good. That's awesome. I can't do that shit for anything. Um, we have two new members, uh, Mark and Chris, as you know them as occasional guests on Lizard Liquors. They have decided to officially join us on Thinking Outside the Box Office from the foreseeable future. And uh, they will be joining us since they are the ones who kind of persuaded me to watch this uh, TV show. This abomination of a TV show. Oh God, I, I I have had such a flip flop on that show, but that's that's a story for another day. Next um, week, next week exactly. Uh, join us. Hopefully, uh, Austin will be joining us too. So we're gonna have four people talk about nine episodes of varying times and varying quality of a show, and see uh, is Disney Plus gonna be a good future for the MCU? Is the MCU just in a good state to be? having a future or should it just crash and burn and we you know just don't look back for a couple of years and then they just <laughs> rebuke the goddamn thing i don't know you're gonna find out next week on thinking outside the box office we will see you then see you then